Being in ministry is hard work. You get tired. You're overworked. Sometimes you are ready to quit. Other things begin to creep in as well. You can become cynical and frustrated. The point being is ministry is hard, no matter what level you come in as a minister of the gospel. You could be a small group leader. You could be a pastor. You could work on a church staff. Ministry is difficult. It is challenging. It is part of the helping profession. In 40% of pastors, did you know this? They make it to the five-year mark in ministry before they are ready to leave. Burnout is a natural temptation for anyone in the helping professions. And so if you are in the helping profession, maybe this podcast will help you. I hope so. The title of it is Nine Questions for the Tired, Overworked, and Ready to Quit Pastor. Now, perhaps you're not a pastor, but as I said, you're in ministry, doing ministry, doing the work of the ministry. You're helping others. And if you're not careful, you will get tired, and you can become burned out. So even though this is nine questions for the tired, overworked, and ready-to-quit pastor, I, I hope it will be an encouragement to you, especially if you're in ministry. All of, the, all of you who are in parachurch organizations like I am, It definitely applies to me. It is hard. My name is Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. You're listening to Your Daily Drive, the podcast where I put all of my podcasts in article content or all of my articles in an audio format. And so if you want to read this podcast, you can go to the article on the website, Nine Questions for the Tired, Overworked, and Ready to Quit Pastor. You're welcome to read it. I would encourage you, if you do read it, that you make it a discussion point with someone who is close to you, especially if you're in ministry. You need that kind of care from a loving friend, and maybe this could be a talking point, the piece that you use to discuss this idea of being overworked. I pastored for five years, and I was under the impression Monday was my day off. It was when I stopped pastoring, I started this ministry here a decade ago. But when I stopped pastoring, that's when I realized my day off was an an illusion. Though our staff took every Monday off, we were really never off because pastors cannot walk away from pastoring. It is a burden you carry regardless of whether you are on or off the clock. I would stop shortly before midnight on Sunday evening. I would close my laptop, and and I would take my day off on Monday, and then I would start back on Tuesday. Now, what I didn't realize during pastoring, the burdens that I was carrying and the weight of the ministry, well, you, you can close your laptop, but you don't stop carrying. You don't stop carrying burdens. And so Monday was just, you really don't have time to get away from it. Now, after I stopped pastoring, when my first Monday came around, I still felt like a pastor, and I I wasn't rested. But then when Tuesday came around and Wednesday, I began to realize that, you know what, I need three days to take off in order to have one day of rest. You need one day just to unwind. You need a second day just to rest, and you need a third day to ramp up for what's coming at you. 
And it was only after I quit pastoring that I began to relax. But I did not know. It's like the frog in the kettle. The heat is incrementally turned up, and you really don't realize it when you're in it. And so I never realized all those Mondays that I had off as a pastor, they were really not off at all. Let's talk about my fictional friend here. You know him, Biff. He's married to Mabel. Biff is 46 years old. He's been pastoring for nine years. He is burned out, and he's ready to leave the ministry. He comes to you for counseling. He has questions. Well, let me turn it around. What questions do you want to ask him? Where do you want to go with Biff? My fictional Biff has not rested in nine years, and he is ready to quit the ministry or possibly try to find those proverbial green pastures, which he believes is somewhere in his future. What would you want to know about Biff? Well, that's the content of the podcast. I have nine questions that I would ask him with the hope of helping him through his discouragement. I recommend that he bring his wife along for more objective analysis and dialogues. If you're going to talk to someone like this, whether they are a pastor or not, they are burned out by or about to be burned out by ministry. If they are married, I would encourage you to make that a couple conversation, that you talk to both of them, not just one, because having the other spouse's perspective is essential. Now, if you want to get these nine questions that I am going to ask here, again, you can go to the website, rickthomas.net. Look for this article, Nine Questions for the Tired, Overworked, and Ready-to-Quit Pastor. Now, what you're going to find out is inside of these nine questions, I have 30 altogether. There are nine overarching ones, but then I have sub-questions that go with each nine, and I'm going to share all of those with you. I broke it up, I broke it up into uh, sections. I have a comprehensive question, a character question, a capacity question, a calling question, a contentment question, a control question, a collaborative question, and a church question, and then finally a counseling question. And so those are the themes for my nine questions. And then again, under each one, I have sub-questions. This is what I would want to try to find out about Biff. Let's take the first one, a comprehensive question. It is, how does Biff define ministry? This is a huge thing. One of the things I would want to know is, is how Biff describes ministry. Does he see ministry as what he is doing for a living vocationally or as an all-of-life responsibility? Being a Christian and doing ministry are uniquely tied together. To be one is to be the other. And I see this mistake happen so often with ministry, what is traditionally known as ministry-type people. Many people in our church culture have defined ministry more like a vocational pursuit rather than a way of life. Jesus didn't have a ministry, not like that. It wasn't a vocational pursuit. Jesus ministered the gospel everywhere he went. Doing ministry is less about a job and more about a lifestyle. But if you dichotomize ministry from the rest of your life, it can be a problem because this kind of this kind of thinking, uh, having a comprehensive view of ministry, meaning it is a lifestyle, it helps in several ways. 
one of which is it releases Biff from spending too much time on the job as though his work is all that matters in his life. Work, the work aspect of his ministry, is only a fraction of Biff's overall ministry. And so under this comprehensive question, how does he define ministry, here are a few more. Does Biff have a comprehensive view of ministry or a vocational view of ministry? Number two, is Biff ministering to his health needs? Is he getting rest? Is he exercising? That is a, an incredible mystery, uh, ministry-centric question or questions, meaning his health needs, getting rest, and exercising. If he is doing ministry well, then he's ministering to himself too often ministers don't minister to themselves because they have a narrow view of ministry. My third question is Biff ministering to his wife and family. I would follow up with how can you tell? What are the indicators that show that Biff is ministering to his wife and family? Now it may seem harder to you on one level to expand your ministry to this degree. I would challenge that and say it's actually not harder, it's easier. Because it's diversity, is variety, and it's ministering in a different context. Ministering to yourself is actually reviving, exercising, sleeping, eating correctly. Ministering to your wife and children is not just reviving and refreshing, but it is wonderfully satisfying as you have fun together and take day trips and do other things. That is ministry. You don't want to dichotomize it. So my first section, a comprehensive question, how does he define ministry? Second, a character question. Does Biff struggle with selfish ambition, meaning he's striving to be in ministry? Men are susceptible to the work trap. Women are too. But historically, men, they find their identity or their significance through what they do rather than who they are as God's child. Our identity is in Christ alone. He is our satisfaction. People in ministry are prone to this sin of selfish ambition, finding self-worth or identity through what they do versus who they are in Christ Power, prestige, superiority, self-worth, and reputation are some of the bad drives that drive us, that feed the selfish ambition construct. One of the things I would want to understand about Biff is how much of his identity is wrapped up in his job. Is he searching for significance through his job? If this is true, the ministry could be the carrot he is chasing because work was not meant to bring satisfaction the way Christ can, Biff may be tempted to press too hard while expecting too much from ministry. If this is true, Biff is chasing the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. He will never be satisfied. He will become cynical, exasperated, exhausted, burned out, ready to quit. And should he quit his current job, he will be a repeat offender. In five years, his job dissatisfaction again will motivate him to leave again. And so under this question is the character question. Does he struggle with selfish ambition? 
I have a few more questions for him. Can Biff be just as content in a blue-collar job as in a white-collar job like the pastorate? Meaning, can he find his contentment in life through Christ and not primarily through what he does? A follow-up, how much does Biff derive his identity and significance from what he does? And finally, what kind of grip does Biff's job have on him? Can he walk away from it? That is the addiction question that we ask. If you can't walk away from it, then you may be addicted. I'm talking about nine questions for the tired, overworked, and ready-to-quit pastor. We looked at the comprehensive question, how does he define ministry? The character question, does he struggle with selfish ambition? Now the capacity question, is he working above his grade level? There are different kinds of gifting or gift mixes for pastoral ministry. For example, the gift mix for a planting pastor is distinct from the skills necessary for a pastor of an established church. There is a different gift mix needed for a pastor of 250 people versus a pastor of 500 or 1,000 people. Sometimes a pastor can start a church, but as it grows, it expands beyond his ability to bring proper care to the people. Maybe the Lord has given Biff a unique gift mix for a particular people group who are in a unique season of church life. One of the reasons some churches do not mature well is because the leadership is not equipped to take them to the next level. We're talking about a capacity question. Is he working above his grade level? Here are three question sets under this category. Will Biff allow himself to be carefully and practically assessed to see if he is the right fit for his church, his current church? Number two, have the needs of the church outgrown Biff's ability to care for them? Number three, how well does Biff flex and grow with the progression of the church? A capacity question. Then there's a calling question. Is this what Biff is supposed to be doing with his life? Calling can be misused in our church culture today. Sometimes it is used dogmatically. God called me to do this. That is subjective analysis at best. The wise and humble person will refrain from that kind of dogmatism while holding what he is supposed to do in life with a looser grip. The only way to be entirely sure of what you are called to do is to look back at your life. The rearview mirror approach, I say sometimes. When you look in the rearview mirror, it will reveal your calling accurately. The only things we can be sure of are the things that have already happened. Thus, the calling question is similar to the capacity question in the previous section. Let me ask you a few questions under this heading. Is Biff supposed to be doing this with his life? A calling question. Number one, is Biff good at what he is doing? Is he a good shepherd? Number two, though he may sense an internal call, Is there an external call? Do others see a particular work of God in his life that affirms specific gifting for a specific task? An internal call is when you believe you are supposed to do whatever it is you're supposed to do. That is subjective. 
But there is an external call as others look at you. They should affirm that internal call. They should be in agreement that, yeah, I I think this is what you're gifted to do. It appears to be that way to me. And other people will have a similar perspective where the internal and external call are pretty much the same. Two common signs of a confirmed calling are, one, contentment in the soul, and two, maturation of the ministry. Is Biff content? If not, why not? Is the church he leads maturing? You see, if God calls you, he's going to give you the peace, the contentment to be in it. And when a person is discontented, you do have to ask the calling question because it may be a misfit. And also the maturation of the ministry. Are people being well cared for? Is he leading them well, leading them into maturity? And then there is a contentment question, as I've been speaking to. What does he want to do? Contentment is a key to any person's life, and that's why I pulled it out, and I want to expand on it a little bit more than just putting it up inside the calling question, because contentment is key to your life. It's the key that reveals your real walk with God. Not to be content is to not live in the transformative work of God, which the gospel brings to you. Discontentment is a powerful way of saying God's word is not true for me. If Jesus came to give you a better life by regenerating you, but grumbling and complaining characterizes your life, it means your heart is out of line with the gospel. Contentment is an indicator. It's a key that something is amiss inside. Discontentment perverts a person's thinking. It sounds like this. I could be happy if, and then you fill in the blank. The only right answer to this statement is I could be happy if Jesus saves me. Now, maybe you would say it a different way, but you get the idea. If he has saved you, your position in Christ should be greater than any position you could have in this world. We're, we're asking the contentment question. Here are some follow-ups to that. Your contentment comes from the Lord. If Biff is not content, you must ask why. And so the question is, why are you not content? If you're not content, that means your circumstances or your situation is greater and more powerful than Christ who is in you. What would make him content? If the answer is anything other than Christ, idolatry is in play in his heart. And then finally, doing what you want to do is a perk rather than a right or a guarantee. Some people work jobs because they have to, not because they want to, and, and they are content. You really want to explore this contentment issue because it is instructive as it is revealing. A contentment question. And then a control question. Does he delegate ministry? If a ministry is going to grow, it becomes essential for the leader of the ministry to delegate his responsibilities. This is one of the reasons why a church planting pastor does not do well with a church of 500. A church planting pa pastor tends to control because he's managing so much from startup and he's working alone and doing most of the work, generally speaking. But as the church grows, he has to let go of that. He can't be a controller. 
If the ministry is going to grow, he has to delegate. If he does not do this, there are three possible outcomes could happen to him and his ministry. The leader will not allow the organization to grow beyond what he can control. That's one. Two, if he does grow beyond his ability to control it, he will have to change or suffer the consequences. Number three, those affected by the ministry will become more frustrated by how he manages things. Does he delegate? Ultimately, a person who cannot delegate does not trust others. Usually, they have a way in which they want things to happen. Rather than risking things not happening according to their expectations, they do not delegate. If they do delegate and things are not the way they wanted them to be, they can give those doing the work a hard time. This tactic creates a lot of relational conflict with staffs and ministries. The self-reliant, controlling type person can stunt a ministry as well as the motivation of others to work well with the organization. So my question is, does Biff lead by delegating and equipping? Number two, are those under him thriving because of his ability to envision and equip them to do, to do the work of the ministry, which is straight out of Ephesians 4, 11 and 12? And finally, under this section, does he hold his job loosely, knowing he is merely warm in a seat for the next guy? We are talking about nine questions for the tired, overworked, and ready-to-quit pastor. The first one was a comprehensive question. How does he define ministry? A character question. Does he struggle with selfish ambition? A capacity question. Is he working above his grade level? A calling question. Is this what Biff is supposed to be doing with his life? A contentment question. What does he want to do? A control question. Does he delegate ministry? Number seven, a collaborative question. Does he work well with others? Tied to the controller issue is the does he work well with others question. Ministry was never meant to be a lone ranger pursuit. Even the savior of the world discerned the need to build a team. Team building is not just for the accomplishment of great things in God's world. Team ministry should first of all be a reciprocal sanctification benefiting context. Say all that, that's a mouthful. Let me say it again. Team ministry should, first of all, be a reciprocal sanctification benefit in context where the team can mutually encourage each other. Even if the church is small and does not have a supervisory board of sorts, the wise pastor will begin identifying and isolating potential future leaders and begin the process of equipping them. Why? so they can come alongside him to care for and encourage him. We are asking the collaborative question, does he play well with others? Here are some things to think about. Does Biff have a team who can come alongside him? Five years are typically long enough to identify, isolate, envision, and equip leaders. What has this process looked like for Biff? And finally, number three, who are the people caring for his soul? Follow up. How competent are they? Number eight, a church question. Has he envisioned his people? The small church characterization is the preacher has to do everything. This mindset is as antiquated as it is unbiblical. 
The pastor's primary job is to equip the church to do the work of the ministry. I mentioned it earlier, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. The past, <clears throat> excuse me, the pastor should not be doing the hospital visits, soul winning, counseling, and having meals with all the members. The pastor cannot be everybody's personal life coach. The pastor is an equipper. If he does not equip and replicate himself into others, the church will not grow. The pastor is not detached from his staff or his congregation, but is engaging his sheep by envisioning and equipping them. This is the church question. Has he envisioned his people? Biff has had five years to envision his church. How has he done? Who are the people he is replicating, according to 2 Timothy 2.2? And finally, number three, how are they carrying out the work of the ministry that he has instilled in them? Nine questions to ask the tired, overworked, and ready-to-quit pastor. And here is number nine, a counseling question. Who is allowed to speak into his life? A pastor overwhelmed is different and more dangerous than a regular church member being overwhelmed. He is God's man serving as God's under-shepherd to a local manifestation of the body of Christ. Frankly put, he is leading them, and if he cannot handle it, the church is in a precarious place. One of the more common things I have experienced in serving ministry leaders is the multifaceted dangers of being alone. They may live a considerable portion of their lives in the public domain, but the community is rarely caring for them well. Is Biff teachable, correctable, approachable, entreatable, moldable, counselable? <laughs> is he? Is Biff open to correction? Are there people in Biff's life who are perceptive and discernible enough to see what others may not perceive about him? And finally, are there people in Biff's life who have the grace and courage to counsel him according to who he is and what he needs? I hope this is a good template for you to think broadly about what's going on with a person who is on the precipice of burnout, if he's not burned out already. You want to think about the comprehensive question, how does he define ministry? The character question, does he struggle with selfish ambition? A capacity question, is he working above his grade level? A calling question, is this what Biff is supposed to be doing with his life? A contentment question, what does he want to do? A control question, does he delegate? A collaborative question, does he work well with others? A church question, has he envisioned his people? And finally, a counseling question, who is allowed to speak into his life? During this podcast, I've, I've laid out over 30 questions sprinkled throughout. Biff and his wife need to talk. They need to take their time. They need to deliberate prayerfully, reflectively as they examine the issues, examine their hearts, Examine God's Word. I would appeal to them to share this podcast and the accompanying article, what's going on in his heart with some trusted people in the church. If no one at his church can handle this level of truth, then that may be a possibility. I suggest he find someone outside his church to be part of his care team. He should meet, pray, talk about these questions. If we can be part of this call to action, by all means, join our community. Become a supporting member of this ministry. Let us care for you. 
hang out with us, and it would be a privilege, a joy to come alongside you to try to encourage you to get down inside some of this stuff, some of the questions that I've been asking to help you to serve you. We also have counselors who would be able to counsel you as well. Perhaps you're a church member who has observed some of these things in your pastor. If you have, I appeal to you to take this article and your thoughts to the Lord. Take them to the Lord first, not to your pastor. Ask God to give you the grace, the wisdom, the courage to respond in such a way that will serve your pastor and your church. And if you need some help along those lines about how to serve your pastor, then we would be glad to help you. I would love for you to ask. You can go to rickthomas.net. If you're not a supporting member, get on our public forums, create your username and password, get on our public forums and ask your question, and and we will answer you. I promise you, if you are a supporting member, many pastors come to us, and we become that alongside of friend, elders, small group leaders. We love serving you all or any other type of person. If you're a supporting member, you can go to our private forums, and we'll answer your question there. You can talk directly to me. So do that. Let us help you that way. Nine questions for the tired, overworked, and ready-to-quit pastor. Before you quit, before you fold it up and go in another direction, make sure that you're asking all the right questions and talking to all the right people. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I hope you have a blessed week. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.